Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Well, it's summertime. The kids are out of school. Life slows down for some, speeds up for others. Trips to favorite vacation spots and into the backcountry ramp up. Today, we're going to come together as a UPR community and share ideas for summertime trips, activities. We'll share traditions and stories, we hope, as well. Julie Harla Hollis Terrell, Director of Cache Valley Visitors Bureau, is joining us to talk about arts venues, hikes, campsites, vacations, staycations, fun, and adventure. And uh, we'd love to know your fun plans. We're going to compile a, a UPR community uh, list and to give each other ideas. We'll post that on our website after the program. Here's how you can reach us, upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com. We're also going to talk in this hour with Tom Adams, Director of uh, Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation, Emily Mensch, uh, Public Relations Manager for Utah Office of Tourism, and uh, David Wickai, Folk Arts Specialist from the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Julie Hollis Terrell joins us in studio. Thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Good morning. Uh, one of I'll just share a tradition right off the bat, Julie, with uh, that my wife and I have, which is uh, we purchase tickets for events, as many others do, but come the day of the event, we uh, find we don't want to leave the house. Oh, we, uh, we're so comfortable. <laughs> um, and so we tell each other, do we have to go? Do we have to go? And uh, then we say, well, we spent the money on the tickets. So we go, and we always have fun. Right. But it's getting ourselves out of the house. I don't know if that's a that's a disorder of some kind, probably. <laughs> I think it is. But once we get there, we we uh, we love it, and there's just an embarrassment of riches in in Cash Valley. It's unbelievable, and we kick it off this week actually with Summerfest Arts Fair. This is really the traditional kind of kickoff for the the residents around here of of summer, and it'll be this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on the Tabernacle Grounds right downtown in in Logan, and we've got um, the largest number of artists they've ever had before, and it's their 35th anniversary. So it's it's live music. It's it's juried art. It's hands-on activities for the kids. It's food. It's fun. It's just where everybody loves it. It's the best. So that's starting this weekend. Yes, on Thursday. And yeah. you know in Utah, weekends only really mean Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, it'll start Thursday and it'll go Friday, Saturday with, as I mentioned, two different stages with live music on both all the time and just tons to do and just fun to Look around and be in that environment. It's great. And where is it these days? It's on the grounds of the Tabernacle on the, the corner of okay. Center and Main, okay. which is really nice because they have big trees there, so it, you can find places that are shaded, and it's just lovely. It's a great way to spend uh, spend a few hours and support some you know some art, artists. Some of them are local, but some of them come from across the country, and it's everything from jewelry to oil painting and photography and everything in between. And they have a uh, one of my favorite activities there down there is the plain air. Yes. Arts competition, that's still going on? Yes, it is. So we've got artists who are checking in, I believe, this morning, and they will get their canvases stamped uh, and so that they know that they're legit and they've painted them. And the next couple of, well, during this time frame, they'll paint them for the next couple of days all over the valley or up the mount, in the mountains. And then they'll turn those in on Wednesday, and they have a tent that's full of that plein air, those, those paintings that are done outdoors. And the winner gets $1,000, and you have a chance yeah. to, to buy them on silent auction or pay for them on the spot. I always try to see if I can pick up a piece because that's such a nice way to get art from local artists. I always thought they should have a plein air photography contest to get a. They do actually. Post. Do they really? They do mm-hmm. really. Yeah, so that's. I was making a joke, but it's a real thing. <laughs> it is okay. a real thing. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it, do we have one at Summerfest or the? Yeah, at Summerfest. Okay, they have yeah. Photography and painting. So. Okay, wonderful. Um, we'll uh, hear about some other events in uh, Cache Valley. We bring now, uh, though, uh, Tom Adams, director of uh, Utah Office of 
Outdoor Recreation on with us. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Thomas. Great to be on. Uh, so uh, give us some ideas here. We're heading into summertime, and uh, what are what's top of your list with your recommendation? Oh, well, you know what? Uh, here at the Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation, we're, we're definitely packed around the state with activities to do um, from now through the through fall. And I think some of the top ones, right off the, uh, right off the top of my head, that kind of hit a, a vast majority of us along the Wasatch Front, is the Golden Spoke Trail is now complete. And this is the longest paved bike path um, west of the Mississippi. And it goes from basically Ogden Canyon all the way through the valley to Provo Canyon and up to Vivian Park. So for those of you that want to bike or hike or get out with your strollers or even um, put a boat in along the Jordan River, uh, you can do all those different things along that uh, parkway. Well, that sounds uh, sounds great. So where, where do you can begin at various places or where do you begin? Yeah, there's there's um, trailheads all up and down along the Wasatch, um, pretty much from Vivian Park to Ogden. And depending what you want to do, of course, the access for the neighborhoods is quite great. So you can, you know, if you're, you're a stroller mom and you want to get out and go jogging or take the kids out, um, you can enter really from any place. But for those um, long-distance kind of bike riders, you can ride over 100 miles of protected paved bike path. Hmm. And, uh, you know, take if you, what I like to do is, ride up to Ogden or ride whatever direction the wind's blowing to help me get there faster, and then I can jump in the train and take it back home. So hey, there's some ways to, to, to enjoy it. That sounds, that sounds smart. Yeah, <laughs> That's, that's yeah, the way right. I, would, I would do it as, as well. Um, so, Tom, uh, gas prices are up. Is that going to keep uh, people in Utah, do you think? You know, I think it's going to keep people in Utah. And I, I used to work up in Clearfield when gas prices were, you know, pushing $4 a gallon. And, of course, the trains filled up with more people taking trains, which is great. The bike racks filled up. But um, the Golden Spoke Trail and all the different various um, sections of it, they're perfect for breaking up the day. And maybe you don't want to take the train into work. Um, you can ride your bike and then take the train back or kind of mix it up. So I think people are going to stick around here. And in the grand scheme of things, you know, to most Utahns, 20 minutes to 40 minutes is, is a long drive. And you go to the rest of the world, and that's pretty standard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be in L.A. driving for 40 minutes and only moving 10 miles. So, Yeah. Uh, Julie Hollis Terrell is with us, uh, Tom. She's uh, with the uh, Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. So, Julie, same question. You, I guess you, you hope people stay. And we, there are many people who come in from long distances to Cache Valley. They do. They so. come from all over the world to come here on vacation, just like to other parts of the state. But this is a time of year when gas prices are high, that we do see people who are more inclined to stay close to home for staycations. So we love to help entertain them and and swap them around in different regions of our state, keep the money here within the state boundaries, because we've got so many wonderful opportunities for outdoor recreation and all sorts of everything in our state. Uh, so, Tom, yeah, yeah, t- go ahead. You know, I was going to jump in there. Um, Julie probably knows him, but uh, Cache Valley has a great rec planner by the name of Dayton Christ, and he's mm-hmm. working really hard to put in trails, link communities, uh, make a lot of different alternatives so people in Cache Valley can enjoy kind of the, the multitude of activities and you know, my wife and half my neighborhood, it felt like, was up there last week or two weeks ago for the Little Red. I mean, Cache Valley <laughs> is, is really a mecca when it comes to outdoor recreation. It's nice to have folks like Dayton out there kind of enhancing what you have. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I was doing a little bit of research, and in the Bear River Range, that's the mountains that are the, that form the east side of Cache Valley, we have 26 trailheads and 290 miles of trails. 
And one thing great about Logan is our accessibility to the mountains. So if you want to come on vacation here, you can stay in a hotel in downtown Logan and literally in less than 10 minutes, you're in the National Forest and you can be hiking or fishing or biking or whatever. And that's just pretty unparalleled, actually. So well, Julie, we have uh, the Utah Outdoor Recreation Grant, and uh, that funded a new trail system up at Beaver Mountain, so we're excited to help fund those projects up there. That's awesome. We appreciate it. So, Tom, let, let us in on just, just, just me and uh, on our listeners. Just let us in on a secret. What's, uh, what's, a, what's a hidden gem that you would recommend? You know what? Some people will hate me for telling you this, and it, it takes a bit of time to get there, but my wife and I just celebrated our 10-year anniversary, and we went down into near the Maze District in Canyonlands, and you approach it from Hanksville, and there's some great guide services, whether you're at Tickaboo Lodge or Get Into the Wild, and uh, they can take you back in. It's a 16-mile drive back in, which takes about two hours, and then it's about a five, about an eight-mile round-trip hike, and there's a canyon called Happy Canyon, and it fits the name. It is one of the most amazing places, and you know, we, we talk about our Mighty Five, which are amazing places, but there's often crowds this time of year. And Happy Canyon, I promise you, you probably won't see more than two people, whoever you're with, and maybe a few others if, you're, if they're lucky. So That sounds that sounds great. So you access that from Hanksville? Yeah, you access it from Hanksville. Mm-hmm. And again, Get in the Wild is a great guide service out there to uh, take you there. And this is a non-technical slot climb. The most technical thing is the drive out to it. So Hanksville has just a multitude of canyoneering opportunities, whether you're a very technical person and you like the ropes and and handling of all the gear, um, or if you just want to go walk and kind of be kind of in these massive walls surrounding it. It's uh, it's really a beautiful place that you don't really know when you're just driving through Hanksville. So the opposite question now, uh, Tom, uh, what are the most visited places? If you want to go where everybody's going, uh, that has some appeal. (laughs) Uh, where, Where are the most visited places? You know, at the most visited places right now, and it's definitely a hot topic, is Zion National Park was the third most visited park in the nation. So keep that in mind. It's bringing the third most amount of people to a very small area. So it's it's quite populated. It's crowded. But there is nothing in the world like Zion National Park. I mean, it's one of my favorite places to go. And <clears throat> if you want... There's an opportunity there, too, to get lost and kind of get away from the crowds. But if you want to see some of the most spectacular sights, just taking the tour bus up Zion Canyon is phenomenal. Yeah, take the tour bus if you want to be with people. And But there are some other places in Zion where you can get off the beaten track. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you go, you know, kind of go off either side of the entrances or um, <clears throat> especially coming from the east side. There's so many great hikes and places to see out there, you know, as you come from Kanab. And uh, it's you know, it's 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 world class. It's why people are coming from all over the world to uh, to see what we have. You know, one of my favorite places. Um, it was many years before I went, and now I've been a couple of times. Is Antelope Island? Just a that's a that's oh. a that's a very nice time. Well, you know what a lot of people don't know is it actually has a dark sky certification too. So if you have the time to be out there at dark, I mean the scar, the scar, the stars are phenomenal. And you you talk to people on the East Coast and are really populated cities, and they're like. Wow, I had no idea you could see this many stars. And truth be told, you know the the studies say that most people won't realize what a dark sky even is. You know, and you know over the next few generations. Interesting. So you go camping there and and, and see the sky. 
You know, it was interesting, um, earlier this last year, we actually, through the State Office of Tourism, had some delegates who were here from um, tour companies in China, and they went to a dark sky area here in the state, and two of the girls just started crying because they were scared. They had never seen stars before, because where they live, there's so much light pollution that they couldn't, and it really is remarkable. Even if you're used to living here in the West where you get to see stars, those dark sky places are, they're just, it brings a different level to it because you really can see so much. Uh, we should well, mention for people who don't know, uh, Tom, uh, <clears throat> to get to Antelope Island, uh, go to go to Syracuse, right, in uh, the northern part of Utah, and keep heading west. You go over the causeway. It's in the it's in the Great Salt Lake. Yeah, and if you look at um, the state parks website, so it's uh, stateparks.utah.gov. There's you know there's great information about Antelope, but there's also great information about all the state parks. I mean, I think we're at 44 state parks now, and they're all so unique and, and phenomenal places and incredibly well run. And, you know, tip our hat to Fred Hayes, the old um, state director who passed away recently. But he had done a great job. And he's formed a great team, and, and they're really committed to these state lands. So uh, so maybe uh, pick uh, maybe a couple more places, Tom, here at the end of the, the conversation that uh, you'd really, really want to tout for us. Well, you know, I always want to tell the Office of Outdoor Recreation because we house the Utah Outdoor Recreation Grant, and that was a grant that legislation, you know, nearly unanimously supported and gave us $5 million to put in infrastructure. So look for those new projects that are around the state, um, and then uh, that you can see that on our website. Um, but for those close to home, you know, things that people don't know about, there's a brand-new trail at the base of Enzyme Peak that we helped to fund um, there's a great new trail at the base of Little Cottonwood Canyon. Um, <clears throat> and then another thing that's kind of out of the blue, rock climbing is really taking off here, and we have climbing gyms throughout the whole state. There's some world-class gyms in Cache Valley, of course, here in the valley, and a lot of those folks love to climb outside, and the Joe's Valley, Joe's Valley Bouldering Festival will come up later this fall, so that's something to look at. And, of course, in the more immediate future, the Wasatch Wildflower Festival, which will be in July. And, you know, there's nothing like it when you get high up in these elevations and you see the fields just covered with wildflowers. Mm, yeah, that sounds beautiful. I've never I've never done that one, maybe this year. Um, so, uh, Tom, where to go for information? Oh, you know, there's a couple places to go. So I would go to um, uh, the Utah Office of Tourism's website, which is um, visitutah.com. And then, of course, we have uh, Utah.com, their website, and um, <clears throat> any of the major ski resorts, whether it's Beaver Mountain, Powder Mountain, Snow Basin, Snowbird, Brinehead, they all have great activities to kind of beat the heat as it starts to warm up. Well, wonderful. Tom Adams, Director of Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation, has joined us. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you both. Take care. And uh, Julie Hollis remains with us in uh, about five minutes. We'll bring on... Um, Emily Mensch, Public Relations Manager for Utah Office of Tourism. Um, let's uh, go to break. When we come back, we'll hear some more about some great Cache Valley uh, adventures, and then we'll bring Emily Mensch on. Later on, we'll have a uh, specialist from the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. We're looking for you as well. And before we go to break, let me get this in from Glenn, uh, who uh, joins us from uh, the Uinta Basin. I believe the, the, this is uh, Glenn, our friend from the Uinta Basin. He says, hello, I work in the oil field in eastern Utah. 
So for personal financial reasons, I uh, didn't mind the $4 gallon gas. I wouldn't imagine that, that benefits <laughs> you, Glenn, so we're happy for you. Uh, my favorite uh, day trip is Little Wild Horse Canyon in the San Rafael Swell. It's right next to Goblin Valley. Also, it's an easy seven-mile loop uh, hike through an amazing set of slot canyons. I'm going to look up Happy Canyon now also, he says. Happy trails to everyone. Apologize for my optimism for higher oil prices. We we understand, Glenn. Um, that is Glenn in the Uena Basin. So his favorite day trip, Little Wild Horse Canyon in San Rafael Swell right next to Goblin Valley. I don't know that one. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and he's going to check uh, out uh, Happy Canyon that uh, Tom told us about. Uh, so we would love to know your favorite uh Favorite summertime activity, whether it's an outdoor uh, hike or uh, whether you go to Utah Shakespeare Festival or Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater here in Logan, uh, any anything that you could suggest to us. And we're uh, sharing ideas here on the program. Uh, the place to reach us is upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. More following this break. Biological research coming to life at Utah State University. Apes called bonobos and chimpanzees look so similar they were once thought to be the same species. USU biologist Will Pierce says the mammals offer an ideal model for phylogeny, the study of evolutionary history and relationships among organisms. Very different in behavior, gentle bonobos and warlike chimps, which are animals most closely related to humans diverged genetically less than two million years ago. This segment of Coming to Life is brought to you by the USU College of Science, offering degree programs in the sciences and mathematics. Details at usu.edu slash science. instrumental lineups this week. What goes with what? Embrace the anarchy on the Thistle and Shamrock. Join us Friday night at 9 on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're uh, sharing great summertime plans, and we have Julie Hulse, Terrell, Director of the Cache Valley Visitors Bureau, with us. Uh, we've talked with Tom Adams with the Office of Outdoor Recreation. Uh, we'll bring on Emily Mensch next for, with the Utah Office of uh, Tourism. Uh, Emily Mensch uh, joins us now. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Let me, uh, before we go to you, Emily, I want to... Um, ask Julie about some great outdoor recreation opportunities in Cache Valley. Sure thing. You know, the canyon itself, we've got the National Scenic Byway that joins Logan to Bear Lake, and it's really, you know, there's just not development there, and so it's really pristine. And right now, um, I've already been receiving reports that the wildflowers are starting to pop out throughout the canyon. The yellows are starting first, and then we'll have all sorts of varieties coming up. So in the next three weeks or four even, it'll just be beautiful. And we've also got some wonderful birding trails for people who'd like to go check out some another component of nature, another facet, is we've got more than 300 species of birds that come through Cache Valley because we're on a migration route. And so we've designed some brochures 
stores that have um, birding trails where you can just go and even if you're uninitiated in it, you can just see all different kinds of birds and it doesn't take much to be able to, to see them and it's pretty spectacular. Those sound like some great activities, yeah. And I uh, should ask you, Julie, where can people go for, for information? Oh, of course. Our website is explorelogan.com, or our office is in the historic courthouse in downtown Logan on about 200 North and Main Street. Okay. And uh, Emily Mensch uh, with Utah Office of Tourism. Let me just start with that question. Where can people go for information? Uh, people can head to our website also, visitutah.com. So uh, people do visit Utah from all over the world. Um, I imagine attracted by the Mighty Five, but from other attractions as well. That's right. Um, you know, one of our bigger campaigns uh, the last few years has been the Road to Mighty and all the stops between the, the national parks. You know, there's so many other places um, that that spectacular scenery doesn't end at those park boundaries. It extends all throughout the state. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's so much to do all throughout the state. There there are some complaints, as I think you probably well know, the Office of Tourism there, from especially uh, people living near the, the, the parks, that uh, maybe the campaign has been too successful, the Mighty Five campaign. But uh, uh, so road to the Mighty Five. There are some other places people can visit. There are so many other places. Uh, I, I definitely recommend our state parks. And um, we've been trying to tell people, if you are going to the national parks, try to go um, visit early in the morning for sunrise or later in the day for sunset. Once you know, get some, some great photography as well. Or consider visiting in winter um, when you don't have to deal with the, the extreme heat and uh, there'll be fewer crowds. Yeah, I've been to a, a few times early spring to Capitol Reef. That's, I recommend that. That's a little less crowded. And, yes, uh, it's a beautiful time to go. Yeah. Um, we also have, uh, throughout the state, um, we just um, launched a partnership with Airbnb Experiences. Um, it's kind of like their lodging site for um, tour guides. So anyone can do it and just share their passion, um, uh, hosting people, coming, uh, hosting visitors. And, uh, for example, there's this one woman, Carol, in um, southeastern Utah, not far from Bears Ears, who is uh, hosting people to help her herd some sheep down to a spring on her property. Oh, really? And then cool. she brings them back wow. to her hogan and makes them Navajo tacos in her hogan. But not out of the sheep, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a fascinating experience. That's so cool. I guess, where, where, where do you find out about things like that? Yes, you can go to Airbnb Experiences. Okay. And um, if people are interested in becoming a host, they can they can go there and, and do that as well, just as a side gig. Um, we've got wine tasting in Cedar City. There's a lot of photography workshops or photography experiences, um, stand-up paddling um, all throughout the state. It's a great way to um, start or get introduced to stand-up paddling or fly fishing, too. They've got a lot of fly fishing experiences, um, owl watching Lots of unique Utah experiences on there that people can can check out, and it's it's statewide. That's great. So, is is that self-explanatory? You watch owls? What? Yeah. So, it's um, someone in Salt Lake City who keeps an eye on um, uh, these owls and where they are, and you can just go and, and take a peek if they're if they're out. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, off the beaten track kind of ideas that that certainly qualifies. I hadn't yeah, heard definitely. of that. Um, and yeah, uh, that's. Really, what we're going with um, for this project is uh, is getting off the beaten path and, and also offering Utah's 
kind of a micro entrepreneurship opportunity to um, get an extra little bit of cash on the side and and help people and share their passions. Wow, interesting. Um, so, uh, Julie, uh, tell us some more ideas for for Cash Valley. Well, definitely, you know, Logan is really known as the heart of the arts for Utah during the summer months especially, and we've got uh, in just a, a month and a half time in our theaters downtown in our historic theater district, we've got 234 performances or events going on, and that is remarkable because we've got Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater in residence doing uh, several productions, four, five productions. We've got the Lyric Repertory Company doing four productions. And then we've got free concerts at noon every weekday at the Tabernacle uh, from now until whew, middle of August. So it's just a variety of entertainment. And that's just our downtown area. We've got it everywhere else as well. And both of those big seasons, the Lyric and the, and the Utah Festival, are just getting ready to to launch and it's such an exciting time be able to be downtown and just feel the cool vibe down there see some world-class shows literally world-class shows for a really affordable price and just you know enjoy yourselves it's it's wonderful yeah we do we are uh spoiled i think here in in cash valley with the arts we are which is, which is wonderful it's wonderful it's, it's <laughs> lucky so us. many embarrassment of riches uh emily Munch, what about uh what about on the arts side what what would you recommend um, I have to echo what Julie says, uh, going up into Cache Valley. They've got so many amazing performances and uh, so much to see, too, and, and all the fruit stands. Um, I, I love going up to Logan in summer. And, of course, uh, Cedar City, you've got the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Mm-hmm. And Tuacon. Uh, Tuacon, you've got George. some great things happening. Um, yep, I, and then just a few weekends, we got the Utah Arts Festival coming to Salt Lake City also. Mm, wonderful. I'm just going to ask you about uh, uh, Salt Lake City. My wife and I took a trip. Um, a few years ago, we wanted to we wanted to just do Salt Lake City stuff, uh, things that tourists from outside would do that living here we had never done. I wonder uh, some ideas on uh, on those lines. It's so true. Um, Salt Lake City has gone through a, a pretty big transformation the last few years, and there's so much more to do than ever. Um, and Visit Salt Lake offers a connect pass. And so uh, you can buy it for different increments. Um, you can do it for just 24 hours um, or for a couple of days. But it includes tickets to um, the Leonardo. You can get a snowbird tram ride, lunch at the Lion House, um, the Museum of Natural History, Red Butte Gardens. Uh, there's so many attractions on this one um, this one pass. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's actually worth doing for a couple of days, I think, so that you can get the value and really get to see lots of lots of things in Salt Lake City. It's kind of like I think exactly. a lot of the residents in the state, you know, we're just we're oblivious and unaware of the resources that are around us. That people, other people, come from all over the country to check out, and we're like, "What? We have that? We don't even know." So <laughs> That's right. it's a great way to go exploring. Yeah, there- exactly. And so many new restaurants and breweries and uh, distilleries too. What uh, Emily? What's uh, what, what's top of your list? What's favorite for you? Oh, so I recently visited uh, Monkey Ranch and Bolt Cutter. They're both plant-based restaurants right next to the Gallivan Center, and they are both amazing. Hmm. Say the name again. Um, Bolt Cutter and Monkey Ranch. Okay. Wow. 
so they don't use any meat or dairy products. And uh, but you well, wouldn't know too if bad. I might have played too. Yeah. Okay. For those who love meat products, you should head to Hires Big H in downtown Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah. That's been a tradition for what, classic. fifty years. Yeah, that's awesome. There, there's choices for uh, for everyone. Uh, I'm looking for ideas from maybe Southern Utah, from uh, Eastern. We got some ideas from Eastern Utah from Glenn. And uh, he works in the oil field, so he's liking these high g- gas prices. Uh, the rest <laughs> of us don't, but we can't begrudge uh, Glenn a little extra money in his paycheck. Um, maybe from uh, Western Utah, they got the the museum opened. What the Topaz Museum opened mm. last year, did it? And I think that's uh, still on ongoing. Um, so uh, uh, so invite listeners to uh, to give us some ideas. Upraxcess at gmail dot com. Upraxcess at gmail dot com. Uh, Emily, before we let you go, so maybe some ideas from from out out and about. Okay, um, I recently went to Canab and visited their animal sanctuary, Veterans Animal Sanctuary, and did a day of volunteering there. And it is so amazing. They've got such such a such a cool um, place and opportunity to kind of give back to our community and enjoy the scenery. Yeah, that sounds like so. You can uh, you went and volunteered. I did, mm-hmm. and it's so fun. A lot of the hotels in Kanab, um, you can bring up a, a pet home for um, a sleepover. You can have a oh, little wow. slumber party with a pet from the <laughs> really? sanctuary. Really? Wow. Um, yes, a, a lot of people are doing that. Um, you can take a dog for the day um, on on walks. It's it's so it's so cool. Yeah, it's interesting how Kanab has changed. Right? It used to be kind of a, a film center for cowboy movies, uh, westerns, and now the now the animal sanctuary is a, is a big player. My husband yes, they are. And that, sorry, Julie, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to change and say that my um, my husband and I are planning a staycation here in Utah later this summer. We're going to head over to Flaming Gorge and Vernal, mm. and you know the museum in Price that's got it's so awesome. It's got Native American stuff and dinosaur stuff, and so we're just going to kind of do a circle through that way. Um, you know, see the the dinosaur quarry, and um, also spend some time in nature at Flaming Gorge. So that's another idea for the northeastern part of the state. Yeah, that'd be great. That's my old yeah. stomping grounds. I, I grew up in Vernal, so uh, oh, over you know over this. to Price. So Price over to Duchesne. That's a beautiful canyon to drive mm. into the canyon. Uh, go ahead, Emily. I was just going to say, in Vernal, uh, you can do the day uh, day trips on the river too, which is so fun. Just to be in a raft for the day. Um, pretty mellow most of it. Just a couple small rapids. Um, something I would definitely feel comfortable taking my parents on um, or or kids. Uh, Super fun day trips on the river there, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll add it to our list. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Emily, Ench, uh, Emily Mench, rather, uh, Public Affairs, uh, Public Relations Manager for Utah Office of Tourism has joined us. So tell us again uh, the contact point. Get some great ideas. Go to visitutah.com. Okay, Emily, thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, I'll add a, an idea for you and your husband, Julie. Um, Harper's Corner is uh, wonderful it's it's out on the dinosaur national Mon- monument grounds okay. you, you go out, uh, a bit into colorado and um you uh you know you drive up to a point you hike um you'll want to hug the mountain if it's still the trail was like it was because <laughs> uh, there's there's some drop-offs but you know not too bad uh, but when you get there you can look down hundreds of you know, feet down to the confluence of the Yampa and the Green Rivers. And it's Ooh. just a spectacular site. It's called uh, Harper's Corner. Thank you. Um, and it's 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 on the uh, Dinosaur National Monument grounds there. And here's a little tip for you that my friend gave me when you're on trails like that or anywhere. 
don't gawk and walk. Yes. So you've got to stop and look so you don't <laughs> yeah. find yourself yeah. at the bottom of the yeah, cliff. Yeah, I have a bit of fear of heights, and that's uh, maybe a little nervous. You know, not incredibly bad, but it's uh, but the, but the payoff is great. It's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful view. Uh, so that's if you're going to northeastern Utah, add that to your trip. Of course, Flaming Gorge Thank is you. wonderful, and so you'll you'll have a great a great time. Uh, let's take another break, why don't we? Um, and uh, we'll come back with a representative uh, from museums, the uh, uh, Office of Arts and Museums, and we'll have, of course, uh, remain with us, uh, Julie Hollis Terrell, with the Cache Valley. Uh, Visitors Bureau, and we're looking for your idea. Uh, give us uh, or ideas uh, for uh, your summertime vacation plans. We may not have, have thought of that. We'll promise to go on a separate time than you to, to not make it too crowded. <laughs> okay, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. My producer tells me we have a caller. Uh, Glenn from the Uno Basin has called us. Glenn, thanks for calling in. I have to... Um, have to get him uh, dialed up here. So Glenn is our emailer from, from earlier. Ah. And we'll see if we can uh, get him. But while we're getting him, uh, Julie, another idea from Cash Valley. You know, we have uh, a signature products and foodie trek up here. And it's so much fun. We've got 17 different stops where you can go and sample all different things that are made from, that are made or grown here in Cache Valley and sent out all over the world. So bring your coolers and you can come and get everything from, from cheese curd to, to goldfish crackers to lunch meats to ice creams and chocolate and coffee and all that good stuff. And we've also got uh, the Pajama Factory and the Sock Outlet and uh, places where you can buy goat's milk soap. And it's just, it's such a fun way to spend the day. And you explore the valley while you're doing it because those places range from Richmond to to the south part of Logan. And um, it's just, it's a great way to spend some time. And we've got a downloadable flyer on our website, which is again, explorelogan.com, where you can get the times and, and uh, locations of all of those places on our foodie trek. But it's it's just great. It's so much fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. So just go to explorelogan.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And get some food. That's, yes, of course, <laughs> including Aggie ice cream, right, which yeah. is remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I'm not sure if we got uh, Glenn. Okay, I think we dropped you, Glenn. Sorry about that. So call back. Here's the number, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Uh, we hope that Glenn calls back. Love to hear from him. Love to hear from you, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com. We'll take a break now, and uh, when we come back, we will uh, be joined by someone from Folk Arts uh, in the Utah Division of Arts and Museums, and hopefully by Glenn, and hopefully by you as well. 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and City Weekly, a local independent news source with event listings, entertainment picks, movie, and restaurant reviews, available weekly on newsstands or online at cityweekly.net. About 40 years ago, the primatologist Franz de Waal was observing chimpanzees one day when he saw two of them fighting. And a couple of hours later, I saw a big commotion in the group and I saw the two chimps kiss and embrace each other. And that moment led him to wonder whether morality might be hardwired within us. What animals might teach us about ourselves next time on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. Join us this morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. 
Films Without Walls invited students around the world to produce short films on climate change. Here's one. It was a vision of a more or less dystopian future where people that go to the grocery store are presented with foods that are in block form. I'm Sarah McConnell. Join me for With Good Reason. Wake up with Good Reason Wednesday at 4 a.m. on Utah Public Radio. On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll explore the contributions of world music to the cinematic experience and hear songs from memorable movies like Hotel Rwanda, Babel, and Something's Gotta Give. I'm Rosalie Howarth. Join me for World Music and Film, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Join us Friday night at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access U Time. Tom Williams. We are talking summertime activities, <clears throat> and we are uh, helping each other out. Perhaps you have an idea that uh, that we could steal, and uh, we in, in return will uh, will will give us will give you our idea. Um, we're just uh, trying to broaden our perspective with what we can do this summer. We've got some great ideas, and we have with us in studio for the hour Julie Hollis Terrell, director of the Cash Valley Visitors Bureau. Um, let's see if we have Glenn from the Ona Basin. Hello. He- hello. Hello, Glenn. Uh, we've, I think we got you up on both phone lines here. So, uh, <laughs> but we're, but we're hearing you. So that's good, Glenn. What uh, what's your idea? Go ahead. Oh, I, I got to take you to task. You know, Julie said. Go, go ahead. We're hearing you, Glenn. Okay. Oh. Now we've now we've lost him. Okay. Maybe I was about to get in trouble. All right. Oh, okay. All right, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, Glenn, if you're patient enough with us, call back. We'll try to get you on here, um, 800-826-1495. And um, so we'll, we'll, he's going to take Julie to task, so we'll, so we'll, <laughs> we'll be in suspense here. Um, we do have uh, David uh, Wicke, uh, Folk Art Specialist for Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Is that your title, David? We'll see if we have uh, David on with us. Well, we try to get uh, David back with us. Uh, some more ideas, Julie, from, from Cache Valley. Sure thing. We've got tons. And one of the things that I really enjoy and I think is a great opportunity for people is the American West Heritage Center. It's 160 acres of living history. That means it's an outdoor museum. And they've got people dressed in all different types of um, costumes, basically, historically uh, historically appropriate costumes to represent different areas of our heritage. So that's everything from trappers and traders to pioneers to turn-of-the-century farmers in 1917. And the cool thing about the American West Heritage Center is unlike some of the other places that are living history, you can really interact and, and do the things yourself. So that means if you go to the farm site, you can learn how to milk a cow. You can gather the eggs from the chickens. You can have a little cookie that the ladies have just made on the wood-burning stove in the farmhouse. And um, they've usually, they've got a blacksmith who works there in a farm shop and um, lots of animals that you can see. And then, for example, if you go to the Mountain Men site, uh, that was, you know, we had Mountain Men here in the 1820s. But they've got a kind of a, a cabin there. And you can, they've got all the different furs that they trapped and you can feel them and touch them and feel, you know, what kind was what and why they use them for different purposes. They'll show you how to set a trap. They'll let you throw hatchets. They'll let you write with a quill pen, um, show you how to make a fire with flint and steel. It's really hands-on, and that's so cool. 
That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it really is for all ages. They're open right now for their daily programming is uh, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, from ten until five, and um, it's it's a great opportunity too for grandparents to bring grandkids. It's a kind of a multi generational place, and so they've also got pony rides that are included in the price and um, a miniature well smaller train ride that you can take and. You know, they've got some big celebrations coming up in particular to celebrate the 24th of July. They're going to have on the Saturday before that, they're going to have their big celebration. And it also includes, they've combined that now with a Mountain Men Rendezvous. So they'll have the full trader's row with all the Mountain Men there selling their, their goods, everything from knife blades to beads and anything else you can imagine. And they'll all be dressing in time-appropriate clothing with like buckskin stuff that they've made themselves. And it'll it's just a really awesome way to experience a component of our past that you wouldn't have any other opportunity or way to do so. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so that's um, that's the American West Heritage, Heritage Center, Center mm-hmm. yeah, just in, south of Logan, s- south in Wellsville, right? Wellsville, uh-huh. um, uh huh. Glenn has emailed us, mm. so it turns out the person he was taking to task is me. Oh, good, because uh, <laughs> I suggested Price to Vernal via Indian Canyon, which is, Indian Canyon is lovely. So uh, from Price. Actually, helper uh, up and over to Duchesne. Mm-hmm. But uh, Glenn emails, he says, Price to Vernal via Indian Canyon? No way. Nine Mile Canyon is paved except for about four miles, guaranteed a worthwhile trip. And Nine Mile Canyon is beautiful. So I'd, maybe I'll amend my recommendation. <laughs> so from uh, Price over to the Vernal area, instead of Indian Canyon, take Nine Mile Canyon. I didn't, and I wasn't aware that you could make it through there all the way. And there yeah. was a, you know, a thoroughfare. So that would be really enjoyable. Cool. Yeah, Thanks so for the tip, Glenn. Glenn has amended, and I, I, th- I think I agree with him. That's an even more spectacular trip. Um, so thanks for for uh, uh, getting that to back to us, Glenn. Thanks for your original ideas. Um, so we've talked about arts. We've talked about the food uh, trick, the the, um, the American uh, West Heritage American Center. American Heritage Center. Uh-huh. What, what else? You know, we've got um, our Gardener's Market that's really large and enjoyable. That's on Saturday mornings at uh, from 9 until 1 on the, the grounds of the historic courthouse. And then, you know, we've got special events all summer long. And one thing that I would suggest highly would be coming to Logan for the 4th of July for our Independence Day celebrations here. It's also in conjunction with the Cache Valley Cruise-In, which brings about a 1,000 classic cars to Logan every year. And they have a three-day festival. And, um, and then... In addition, we've got 4th of July stuff going on in all lots of different communities. It's interesting here in Logan because we have Fireworks West, which is one of the largest fireworks companies in the nation located here. And every year, the the city of Logan and Fireworks West put on an amazing, amazing fireworks show. And I say big by... I mean, for Fireworks West, and like they do fireworks for Olympics and big cities. I mean, this isn't just like little kid stuff. So I think every year they kind of do a thank you to Cash Valley, and they also do like a, we want to show off our new inventions for you. So we've got this great program that goes on at the stadium at Utah State University. It's $8 to get in, or if you buy six tickets, you get a six ticks pack for $36. So the tickets are only $6 each, but we always have that on the 3rd of July. And the reason is, is because we already had two little towns, Lewiston and Hiram, that were having their own celebrations on the actual 4th, and the city of Logan didn't want to stomp those out by, you know, being so big and having people maybe shift their attention to them that they've decided to do that on the 3rd. So you could come up, see the, the cruise-in car show, you could stick around and and then have a chance to see our fireworks shows on, on and parade on Friday in Lewiston and Hiram, and I think there's more candy thrown in the Lewiston mm-hmm. and Hiram parades mm-hmm. per capita than 
probably anywhere on the planet. So bring a big bag to trick or treat your way through the <laughs> Fourth of July parade. But um, you know. The city of Hiram has a celebration all week long called their Star Spangled Celebration. And they've got rodeos and, you know, the pancake breakfast and activities and games and fun runs and everything. So, I mean, you want a small taste of Americana in a classic way. you got to be in Logan for the 4th of July. Yeah, I, um, that's a wonderful opportunity. I've also been out to the Lewiston festivities. Yeah. Lewiston's a fairly small place. It's tiny. Uh, but uh, on that one day, it becomes, becomes pretty big. Everybody goes goes there and it's it's a nice time yeah it's great um there are so um this takes us beyond summertime but uh, i love the uh the various towns that have their celebrations uh so is it providence has the sauerkraut days sauerkraut days yep. every little town in cash valley has its own celebration and so we've got everything from pony express days to trout and berry days out in paradise and you know, there's something going on all the time. And in August, of course, is our county fair, which everyone's like, we have a county fair, but I mean, we have a county fair. It's awesome. And we have a brand new fairgrounds building that's being constructed right now that's going to help the experience be even more enjoyable and beautiful all the way around. So we're looking forward to the completion of that and the new resource it will bring to us here in Logan. Uh, yeah, that'll be quite. So uh, what are some of the changes happening there at the uh you know, they have demolished, uh, there were there were old buildings there that were over 100 years old, and uh, they didn't have air conditioning, and um, so, you know, you get in there and all the all the vegetables have wilted, and so have you, so mm-hmm. <laughs> now they've changed that in, to have those displays in this new building that will be air conditioned, and it'll be really lovely, and so uh, it'll be, it's cleared off a lot of space on the fairgrounds, and then is also just, you know, having this new building there, and it's... Um, it's rustic. It looks really, it's going to be beautiful. It's really great. And, you know, a lot of money is coming from the tourism dollars that are being spent here on our in our hotels to help fund that. And so um, we hope locals and visitors will all take advantage of that. And, and they will in the future because they'll have opportunities to be there. We're having Deseret Books Time Out for Women will be there later in the fall, like in September. And we're going to have dog shows and car shows and tractor shows and concerts and you name it, we're going to have it. So... Uh, one thing I want to plug is the Bear River Migratory Bird Refuge, which is pretty close here in in uh, in not in Cache Valley but adjacent over oh, in Box yeah. Elder County. Um, that is just spectacular. It, it, many years I didn't go, and then a couple of years ago, uh, you know, my wife and I went, and uh, what a beautiful drive that is, and and all the birds, and it's just. Just spectacular. It is, and if you go earlier in the morning or toward evening, you'll see the most bird activity. But, you know, if you just come past the Brigham City, if you're headed north and you come past the Brigham City exit, you take the next exit, and they have a beautiful welcome center there, and it has fun interactive activities. Like, it'll show how big the wingspan of birds are on the wall, and you you or your kids can put your arms up and see how big your arms are compared to the wingspan of some of those big birds. And, you know, they've got some wonderful walking paths that leave right from there just uh, and, and go out through the marsh and so they have different habitats too where you can just see birds right there and then of course they have the loop drive that you can take as far as you'd like to see all the different kinds of birds it's a great opportunity to be there yeah it's just spectacular heard about it for many years and when i finally went i thought well why did i wait right you know yeah you know in the summertime too i think one of the great things that i love to do actually is to head down to brigham city and on highway old highway 89 just drive along brigham city to willard and check out the fruit stands because Mm -hmm. it's known as you know it's the 
it's the fruit way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's, you know, there are families that that's their entire source of income is what they do. And, you know, there are a lot of places like that in the in the country left. Uh, when I came down here to Utah State to finish my degree, I had been roommates up in Rexburg with Laura Pettingill, and her family owns Pettingill Fruit oh, Stand really? in Willard. Yeah. So on, in the summer when I came down here on Saturdays, I'd head down and work at the fruit stand, and they taught me all about how to pick a, a ripe cantaloupe and how a watermelon should sound when it's ripe. And that's one of my favorite spots, of course, because I spent time there. But one hidden treasure about that there is that they've got a shake shop in the back. And they use far ice cream from Ogden. And then they use all the fruits that are in season. So you can have a cantaloupe milkshake, a peach milkshake, raspberry, (laughs) strawberry, and they're ginormous. Mm. So that's kind of a fun thing to do no matter where you stop along the way. Wow, that's that's fun. Yeah, I've, I've gotten peaches there, especially. Oh, Boy, they're, they're spectacular. I was going to ask you if you got free fruit, but I guess you you worked. There, <laughs> I worked. I worked it. Worked <laughs> put, for it. Push yes. it to work. Okay, that's a spectacular thing. Uh, I wonder. So you and your husband are going to take a trip to Flaming Gorge in mm-hmm. northeastern Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking off the Cache Valley hat then and putting on maybe the personal hat. But there are sure. places that you've wanted to go or or have gone in in Utah that uh, you would especially recommend? You know, I'd really, it's, uh, I, I haven't been to Goblin Valley since I was a kid, and I'd really like to go down there and see that again. It's been a long time since I've seen Capitol Reef, and so I'd like to see that park. I think it's kind of the the less heralded of the Mighty Five National Parks, but I think that would be lovely. Um, I like to get back over to Moab again, but I'll do that in the off season when it doesn't have so many tourists over there. Mm-hmm. That's on our list. And my my husband isn't from um, from Utah, so he's from California. So everywhere we go is new for him, and it's kind of fun to get to see those through those places through new eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are some of the things on on our list. We'd love to go up to Huntsville, um, up uh, you know up Ogden Canyon and uh, the Weber Canyon way over to Park City and Heber and that way and. We just, I think wherever you go, you can just have a great experience in the state of Utah, so it's, it's fun. That, that, is, that must be interesting uh, and fun to see that through a Californian's eyes, right? Because uh, we take for granted some of these things. Uh, we do. So his largest things that he got to see before, I think, were skyscrapers, because he was from Los Angeles, Pasadena area, and uh, coming out here to get to experience the mountains and see the wildlife and the flowers and everything, it's just it's a whole different world for him, and it's, just, it's exciting. And we, we see that through the eyes of our visitors, too. And, uh, you know, I had somebody who came into my office who said they were so amazed because they had seen cows out in the field. They were from Kansas City. The only time mm. they'd ever seen a cow was when they went to the zoo. <laughs> like, who has cows in a zoo? But they had a whole area that was like a farm. And so that's where people could go to see farm animals. So it is just a different world for people in different places. So um, it's, it is always fun to see them be excited about new things that they've discovered. Mm. Good part about your job too, right? Too. It is. I have the best job in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Uh, one one place I'd like to especially tout is Helper. Mm. A lot of people don't know that it's, it's uh, north of Price, and uh, so named because uh, it's it's on a on a rise, and so they they had Helper engines to get the ah. get the coal the coal trains up uh, up and out of the Price area. But uh, Helper is is a wonderful place. It's got a lot of character. And uh, there's a wonderful railroad museum there. Cool. It's got a nice arts district. Uh, so Helper is well worth the, the trip. You'll be going through that area. Well, I'm um, going to add that so, to my list. So 
you and your husband, make sure you 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 hit helper okay. when you're in the in the price uh, price area. Um, just a couple of minutes left. Love to get your ideas. A upr access at gmail dot com. Upr access at uh, gmail dot uh, com. Uh, we've had uh, difficulty uh, getting uh, someone from the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Uh, technical difficulties here at the at the station. We'll have to solve those, and we we do apologize to for the good folks. So, so we'll get some ideas maybe by email from them, and we'll put those on our website. But we do uh, appreciate Tom Adams, for U- director of Utah Office of Outdoor Rec and uh, Recreation. I should say it all. All out. <laughs> Emily. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Emily Mench, uh, Public Relations Manager for Utah Office of Tourism. Just about a minute left here, Julie Hollis-Terrell. Um, where can people go to get information? They should definitely be coming to see ExploreLogan.com. Keep in mind, Logan is only about it's 83 miles north of Salt Lake City, so I think a lot of the... The Salt Lake City residents think it takes 18 hours to get here, but it only takes us an hour and 20 minutes to get to you. So I'm pretty sure that's the same round trip. But we are one of the most northernmost uh, communities in the state of Utah, and consequently, you know, we have a different look than the Red Rock down south from us. It's alpine and a few degrees cooler up here and just a, a nice place to be. So for information up here, go to explorelogan.com, and of course, you can see the other Utah websites for more information on our other areas. Uh, with utah.com and uh, the other ones that the the state has mentioned. So uh, we have been uh, talking here with uh, Julie Hollis-Terrell, Director of Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and happy summer adventures. Happy summer adventures indeed. And uh, we uh, are w- would still accommodate to your idea at upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Keep the ideas coming. Tomorrow... We are going to talk about the North Korean summit, a Utah, in fact, a Cache Valley angle. Um, a young man, uh, David Snedden, uh, several years ago, disappeared while hiking in China. The family uh, who lives in Cache Valley believes, through some circumstantial evidence, that he was abducted by North Korea and is living in North Korea. Uh, a lot of uncertainty there and uh, a very uh, timely conversation, unfortunately. Uh, We'll be talking with George Bailey, a family friend, um, and uh, have some other information for you as well about the North Korea summit. That's tomorrow on the program. Hope you'll join us then. Thanks for joining us today. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater in Logan presenting Amazing Grace July 7th through August 4th. Englishman John Newton transforms from slave trader to abolitionist. He wrote the hymn, but can he secure his own redemption? Details at utahfestival.org. I'm Robin Young. This summer is expected to bring record heat across the country. That means a lot of people will be relying on air conditioning. But how efficient is the everyday air conditioner? 10 to 40% of the airflow from the system through the ducts into the rooms, that's lost. It's not getting where the people are so the people can be comfortable. That's next time, Here and Now. Join us for Hour 2 of Here and Now today at noon on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan, also heard at upr.org.